Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> wow, that Blog Talk Radio lady took a really long time. <laughs> I know, it's like, okay, what's happening here? <laughs> okay, where's the Blog Talk Radio guy, lady? Um, so, hi, everybody. <laughs> this is Barbara Barnett, and this is Let's Talk TV Live, where we talk about TV. It's a random, a very random discussion, um, which, which it's got some focus. I mean, we, we tend to talk about the shows that we personally watch. They may not be like the top Nielsen shows on TV, but they're the shows that we like, um, often genre, but sometimes not. And I am joined, as usual tonight, by... James Daly, also known as Jerome Wessel TV, and you can tweet him at Jerome Wessel TV. And I'm also yes, joined tonight. Yeah, and I am joined, and who is also at JeromeWesselTV.com. And I'm also joined tonight, as usual, by Christine Piccolo, who is also known as uh, on Twitter as uh, Sleepy Addict. And you can find yes. her um, at Sleepy Addict. And I'm Barbara Barnett. Hi. You can find me at on Twitter at B underscore Barnett. And I am also the executive editor and publisher of Blog Critics Magazine. So how are you all doing tonight? Good. Good. How are you? Good. I'm, you know, it's like spring. You know, I feel spring in the air. And I I don't know, it's like this big, big weight of winter is like lifted Mm -hmm. from my shoulders and I just feel really good. So everybody hates winter, dumps on winter, it's so sad. Oh, you know, but I like winter. This winter has been a monster of a winter. It really has. It's been a monstrous winter for, for us in the Great Lakes, and I am certainly, I, and, and I love the snowflakes, and I think it's pretty, and I like all that. I really, this has been just, I don't like it when it's, like, below zero all the time, and uh, yeah. I feel like I'm, I think I'm, I feel like I'm living in the movie the day after tomorrow these days. <laughs> I know, really. I think I'm I'm almost recovered from my, my frigid New York trip. But I tell you, I was so happy to come back with some mild weather here. <laughs> yeah, truly. Uh, truly, I truly. I can't handle it. <laughs> so, um, and, and this has been such, I've been like watching a lot of TV. I've been writing a lot. I usually, I haven't written much. I usually like I'll pick one show a week to write about. And I was just like. Oh, I get to write about that. So I wrote a column about this. And I was like, oh, I like that. I'll write a column about that. And I think I, I, it's like unusually for me, I think I wrote four TV articles this week and uh, since the last time we were on the air. And um, so I must be more energetic because I I'm am. I'm way behind. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, but I, I really try to write the article as soon as I see the show and Sometimes, like with Broadchurch, which I completely forgot it was it was starting again, and um, so I was really excited. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I found it. It was on my DVR. Let's hear it for recording everything that David Tennant is in, even though I don't rewatch the Doctor Who's. Um, it seems to be lots of Doctor Who on my DVR, but beyond that. Um, uh, Broadchurch uh, was back on the air. Um, what else? Battle Creek, which is David's 
Shores and Vince Gilligan's new project. Um, so I wrote about that. I wrote about Once Upon a Time, which I haven't done in a really long time. And I wrote about Walking Dead. So, and I don't think I, oh, ha, ha. yeah, Katie says, I can't stand Beth Latimer. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I'm not crazy about her either. Um, she's kind of annoying and cool, more than annoying. She's kind of cool. We'll, we'll talk about who she is when we get to the talking about Broadchurch. Um, oh, okay. Okay, so um, are you guys caught up on Broadchurch? No, I don't even watch it. I okay. Know you guys keep telling me oh, Chrissy, you have to watch it. You should. It's really good. But you know what? I think. Well, you can sort of, kinda. If you go to BBC America, you can sort yeah. of. There's like a catch up from you know the major plot points from last season. Probably stay current with this season. Um, it's only like six episodes. Yeah, it's it's not oh, that many. I think, yeah, and I it's really like good. Fit it, it in this weekend, maybe. It's only six episodes. I can do yeah, that. Yeah, and I it's, think it's, it's six. So maybe I it's eight. eight. I think it's eight. eight. Okay. Well, yeah, it's not that many is the point. It's a quick British season. You should definitely yep. watch it instead yep. of the recap, though, because you won't be surprised. Yep. It's really okay. good. It's really good. And I'll tell you, I, oh, talk about... I, I had no idea that Eve Miles was guest starring this year. I know. I was so had excited no idea. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was I thought that was so cool to see, mm-hmm. you know, even though Torchwood wasn't technically Doctor Who, it's part of the Hoovers. Well, she was she was in one of uh Tenet's Doctor Who episodes. So yes, she was. Too. Yes, she was. Um but it was so cool to see, you know, two people in the Hoovers um, together in a show that was kind of fun. Um, and I love it. And I love the chemistry that David Tennant has with everybody. Um, and it's a, it's a real, I, I, what I think was really smart. Actually, I was, you know, you and I, Jimmy, were wondering at the end of last season with Broadchurch, um, whether, you know, how they were going to come back to a second season. It's like, well, wait a second. You have, you know, you have Ellie, who is the um, detective sergeant, whose husband, spoiler alert, oh. Chrissy. Oh, Chrissy oh I yet. shouldn't say it. I shouldn't say it. What? No, I can't say it because Chrissy's going to be spoiled. Oh, and that's no. like the yeah. whole huge shock of the I season. I kind of okay. like you share any husband now, though. Uh-oh. I'll mute you. I'll mute you. <laughs> um. Okay. So that was really fun. I have, I have, um, I have uh, on my computer. Um, mm-hmm. My phone rings on my computer, and it's like, oh, it rings on my computer. It rings on my Fitbit bracelet. It's like my phone is everywhere. Um, anyway, so I digress. Um, so anyway, Ellie is a main character. Um, the main, the main character. Um, David Tennant's character. Both characters at the end of last season were actually done. I mean, they had, there was nowhere professionally for them to go. So there was no way for them to get a brand new case following on last season. So, Jimmy, you and I were speculating, what the heck could they do? 
And I think we were talking about, well, they could go to trial, but that wouldn't be that interesting. But what I love what they did is they brought back Alec Hardy, I think was real, because they didn't say much about that other than it, it ruined his marriage and it destroyed his career. And, yeah, and they, they're balancing that with the ramifications of what happened with season one. So right. it's this really cool conglomerate of two different things. But it, it's not like starting over fresh, which right. that's what I was worried about. Because so many of these shows, if they don't solve a case in a week, then they'll want to solve a case in a season, then they'll want to start fresh with the next one. And that's not what you right. want from a show like that. Right, right, right. And there's a third thread in the series that is also good, which is the two attorneys. Mm-hmm. So you have you have the two Queen's counsels, the, the defense attorney and the prosecutor, and they know each other, and there's history between them. And there's a whole mystery about why the prosecutor's been in retirement for three years and what's the kerfuffle between them. And the prosecutor is played by the great, legendary Charlotte Rampling, who is an amazing um, Oscar-nominated actress. Um, many awards. She's an, actually an OBE. So um, she is quite a legend in herself in and of herself. So catch up on Broadchurch. Uh, Katie, I promised I would say, she says she doesn't like Beth Latimer. So Beth Latimer is the mother of, there's a little boy that's killed at the beginning of the first season. He's murdered. And that the whole season revolves around solving that murder. And Beth is uh, the mom of that boy. And she's extremely annoying. I totally agree. Do you agree, Jimmy, that she's annoying? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think she's yeah, she's like the most <laughs> annoying character on the show. I think. Oh, I don't know about that, but she's yeah, she's she's pretty annoying. Yeah, and last season, oh, Chrissy, last season, David Bradley played a major oh, role yeah. in the series. Oh, oh wonderful! Really? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'll have to watch. Great. It's great. It was fun talking to him it's- about that. Speaking of, oh, interviews. I interviewed yesterday. I interviewed one of my musical heroes. Oh, yeah, you were talking How about How often that. does that happen, cool. right? So Not there's a folk often. singer. There's a folk singer's name is Tom Paxton. And anyone who's into folk music uh, would know his, like, Last Thing on My Mind, which is a classic song, Ramblin' Boy. There's kids' songs like... The Marvelous Toy, there's protest songs. His his legacy of music is endless. I could go on and on and on. There are some of his songs that he wrote way back when that still bring a chill to my spine. So, And I grew up on his music. And he's got a new album that came out today called Redemption Road. And uh, he's coming to Chicago in concert. And his publicist reached out to me. And said, "Would you would you like to do an interview with Tom?" And I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> interview! It's it, it's like I've interviewed so many people, and I've interviewed, as you guys know, um, actors who I'm in, you know, totally fangirl crush city. Uh, and it's a completely different thing because you can put on that kind of um, kind of uh, a." Um, you know, professional face. But when you're talking to someone who is truly a bona fide hero, it's really hard to do that. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, because, it's, you know, you're in your head, you're like going, oh, my God, but you're trying to be professional, but it's hard to talk. And I'm like, oh, you remember that song? And that, oh, God, you know, that song I used to play. It's like, you know, <laughs> so like, you can't do that. So it was fun. Right. It was great. I'll have the interview off in the next day or so. Um, it's been kind of a hectic time, but the last couple of days. Anyway, so back on the TV thing. So what do you want to talk about tonight first, guys? Oh, Chrissy, well, I, you said you had some Sleepy Hollow news to share. Well, yes. It looks like Mark Goffman, who was the showrunner this season, has stepped down as showrunner mm-hmm. for oh. Sleepy Hollow. So I'm I'm pretty confident. My feeling is I think Aaron Bears might take over just because um, – He's one of the producers at Kurtzman Orsi Productions. He's he's there's only like four of them. It's 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 him and Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orsi and Heather Caden, and they're the ones that that you know they're the production company that produces the show, and so it's going to be interesting to see. I, the reason that I say Aaron might, I'm thinking might take over. I mean I don't know, but that's just well, I think a lot be, of us are hoping. It has to be uh-huh. renewed first. Has to be renewed first. Well, right? I think well, they, they, I, I, I think they did say they're actively searching, even though the show has not been renewed. Yeah, they're actively right. searching, and for Awakenings, which was the first part of the two-part finale, the seven-day plus, the seven plus seven-day, whatever DVR and video on demand. Uh, numbers came in, and the live viewing was 1.4 in the 18 to 49 demographic. It went up to 2.2. So I feel really good. Okay. Um, in, and so in contrast, you know, the following only well, prepared. Well, having a terrible year, which I think they will are. help to be hollow. So. I mean, the, the following yeah. was 1.1 last night. I could not believe that it was that low. I mean, that's what And yet the following is still not for sure. I mean, the following still could go either way because the show's, I mean, the network's been doing so poorly. Right. And I think what they're trying to do, and they should have done this anyway, is, you know, Kevin Mm -hmm. Bacon is sort of a hero of the show. And when I talked to the executive producer a couple weeks ago, he was like, you know they want to recenter it on on the heroes of the show, of the thing like sort of like what Jack Bauer. I mean I'm sorry but 24 they're talking about 24. Somebody said that they were thinking about doing a show without Kiefer in it. I'm sorry but bad idea. Jack Bauer, yeah. yeah. Bad idea. So I'm flashing. Even, I'm I'm flashing yeah, on I mean, the X Files without David Duchovny. Thank it you. Because work. I didn't even I did not even watch the last season, and I watched the series finale because he was in it. I mean, honestly, it, you, you can't do that. And, and they're talking about, I think, originally, well, I know earlier last year when the show, they were talking about Yvonne Stravowski taking over, um, you know, the lead, but it just doesn't work without Jack. Jack is that show, and that's what Kevin Bacon should be for the following, and I think that's what they're going to do. But, yeah, so um, so anyway, so, yeah, there's a lot of shakeups going on at Fox, man. I yeah. Don't know. So, um, so I want to talk a little bit about um, speaking of Fox shows, um, <laughs> which is it's not exactly, but it's from a Fox uh, showrunner. Um, David Shore has a new show called Battle Creek, and he he and Vince Gilligan. The show is based 
on an old Vince Gilligan uh, story. And it has the very, very bad misfortune of airing opposite uh the Walking Dead. Is it The Walking Dead or The Talking Dead is airing opposite? Um, oh, The Talking Dead, right? What? Yeah, Walking Dead, Walking Dead is on at 9, right? So, yeah, Walking yep. Dead's 9 and Talking Dead's 10. Right. right. And what but, time is Battle Creek on? I don't remember. Um, but, I mean, anything. Uh, you can't just look at the competition, though, because as much many people have watched Walking Dead, television you have become so fractured. Just because one show's on doesn't mean it can't find an audience. Right. But you know what? I think that a very similar, I think that there's the same demographic. Um, I think people who would like to watch a Vince Gilligan or David Shore project mm-hmm. would also want to watch this show. So it, it's the same, the same group. I would like to see how it's doing in the DVR numbers. Yeah. So before I, yeah, I passed on. Yeah, those don't, those don't really count. <laughs> I mean, they I know. don't look at I know. Well, but they don't really I know. Count. I know they don't. Um, but I'm, you know, it's a, it's a good show. Um, I'm a it little is. behind because I only watched the pilot. I did not watch the second episode yet. But it's a really, and in fact, it's you know, the funny thing is, so here's the thing. I, I'm pretty tuned into what's on TV. I had no idea this show was premiering last week. None. I and didn't why? know about it until you because said I something didn't, to me. Right. And the thing is, I hardly ever watch CBS because that's not what, cause I don't watch procedurals generally. And I generally right. don't watch NCIS. I watch elementary. And when I had, and but I do it only on my DVR. So I don't know why we had on CBS for some reason. Oh, I think I was going to watch Elementary. And before Elementary came on, there was a commercial about Battle Creek. And I was like, oh, and my husband said, hey, David Shore. And I was like, what? (laughs) And I knew he was working on a project. I had no idea it was premiering. And I had no idea about it. So, um Again, you know, the the people who would like maybe a David Shore or a Vince Gilligan project are maybe not the people who know about this show. Now, on the other hand, um, I've reached out to the network to see if I could get David or Vince for an interview. They haven't gotten back to me. So I don't know if they want to, you know, and and you don't see a lot. You know, there's hardly anything about it in the media. Very few uh, reviews. And so there's very little buzz. Um, so that, <laughs> huh? Said I reviewed it. As did know. I. No, you're right. There's not a lot of, a lot of. There's not a lot out there. Out. In fact, it's funny because I was watching my, my numbers as far as you know, um, how many people were hitting on my article, and I wrote an article about this first episode. I was, like, way up there on Google News, even like Sunday. <laughs> And the article was already getting a little bit past its shelf life. And and so I had tons and tons of hits on it on Sunday because nobody's writing about it. and Or almost nobody's writing about it. And um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, so it's a good show. It's a, it's a cop. It's a buddy cop procedural show at its heart. 
But you guys and I both, all three of us know that that doesn't necessarily mean anything when you've got somebody like Vince Gilligan or David Shore in the driver's seat. Both of those guys know how to take something that is on its face structurally formulaic and make it into something really special. And as I said in my article, if you could imagine a television dream, creative dream team, I would think that both Gilligan and Shore would both be on it. Oh, absolutely. And um, I think it deserves a chance. I really do. Um, yeah. I mean, the premiere ratings were awful, and the second ratings were even worse. At this point, uh, I mean, it's dead. Okay, so beside the ratings, you did we'll a, So beside the ratings, what did you think of the show? I liked the show, but, I mean, I didn't watch the second episode because uh, there's plenty of great shows that get canceled quick, and I just figured... Yeah. Jump off before I got attached for a show that really has yeah, and and you no and I survival, and you and I approach TV criticism differently. If I like a show, yeah. I'll advocate for yeah. it, and I'll just advocate for it. I don't care if it's you know ratings suck. Um, mm-hmm. I'll advocate. Um, so and I don't review as many shows as you do. I kind of pick and choose. Um, yeah, that's my thing. I, I just don't have time. Don't have time yeah. for shows that aren't going to survive. And I don't, I don't review enough show. I, I, I review what I want to review. I watch what I, you know, I review what I want, um, which usually tilts me on the side of I tend to review shows that I really like, but not always, not always. Um, but I like, I like Battle Creek, and it's as I said, it's a buddy show. Um, at its base, you have, you have two very opposite, odd cuts, an odd couple. Um, police duo, you have this kind of bedraggled, world-weary, very smart, very observant, uh, very serious detective at the Battle Creek Police Department who's desperate for resources. This is a poorly funded, I swear to God, I thought the show was set in the 80s. (laughs) That's how old the equipment was. Um, I thought it was a period show. I thought I was watching Let's Call Saul. <laughs> uh, which is another great show. Um, oh, Better Call Saul has been great. It's amazing. Um, and so uh, they want help, and they got it. They got an FBI satellite office right in their office. And who is the FBI agent they have assigned? It is a Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> it is everything this guy is not, except they're both very smart. But the guy is like a Ken doll. He looks like he, he's perfectly quaffed, um, <laughs> well mannered, and the show <clears throat> it, it's it's a it's it's very very funny. It's really funny, but it's not a comedy. It's a procedural. But I have a feeling we're going to learn more about these guys <clears throat> and how this Mister Perfect FBI guy got saddled being in Battle Creek, Michigan. Well, there was so much focus on the characters in the first episode. I mean, I, I know it's procedural. I feel like that's undeniable, but you kind of forget that through a large part of that yes. pilot. Yes, and you really care about the main mm-hmm. character. Oh, and it's got bonus, bonus, bonus. It's got Cal Penn in it. Yes, it does. Yes, Cal Penn is. Uh, and the first episode, pilot ep- mm-hmm. episode, 
was directed by Brian Singer. Um, you know, oh, they're really? bringing back That's the band. Shores bringing up, bringing back the band. Um, so I really, really, if you're listening to this show, either on the podcast or live, um, take a take a look at it. It's only been two episodes so far, and it's certainly worth a watch. And if it doesn't last, it doesn't last. I I hope they that CBS allows it to find an audience. Um, you never know with CBS. They could cancel it and we won't have any more episodes after next week. But um, they could let it stick it out for the next, you know, few apps. And I'm really excited to see that Learner and Friend have written an episode coming up. And, and they are amazing with taking the procedural format and really mining the characters. They're in- exceptional at doing that. And as is Tommy Moran. And the other the other writers, I'm not sure about, but most of the scripts were written by Gilligan and or Shore. So um, anyway, so that's a bit about Battle Creek. You can find my review of it on Blog Critics. You can find Jimmy's review elsewhere since this show is sponsored by Blog Critics. <laughs> we're not going to the competition. Sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> If you go to Jerome, if you go to Jerome, you, you gave them my contact information at the beginning of the update. There you go. There you go. You can go to JeromeWetzelTV.com. Okay. Find it there. I will not promote your other magazine That's fine. on my show. Um, <laughs> so um, let's see. I'm kind of saving the good stuff for, you know, like the stuff I want to talk long about for like last. Uh, oh, Black Sails. Are you guys watching it? Are you caught up? Nope. I can't remember. Jimmy, I'm not caught up yet. I'm no, I'm not watching like it. Three episodes. <sighs> I'm still behind. Then you can talk about it. It's fine. I will catch up this weekend for sure. Oh, my gosh. It's getting more and more and more intense. Um, I'm just loving it. That's all I can say. Uh, you know, <laughs> if you like pirates, if you don't like pirates, no, if you like pirates, or if you like historical drama set in the early 18th century, um, it is, this is just such a terrific show on stars. It's really well written. Um, it's brilliantly acted. It's absolutely gorgeous. The production values are amazing. The soundtrack is amazing. There is nothing about this show that isn't wonderful. Um, and the storyline this year is really, really um intriguing and there are only three more episodes I, I no wait no that's walking dead I, there are only a handful of episodes left because it's another one of those series that's like done british style because it's a british style show and um there are only i think eight episodes in the whole season so i think we're happy at least halfway done um but definitely check out black sales on saturday nights on stars or on stars on demand Ah, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so let's talk about flip a coin. Should we talk about Once Upon a Time first, or should we talk about Walking Dead first? Oh, news, by the way, Hannibal News, Hannibal News. Um, oh, when is that starting? June 4th. 4th. I thought it was going to be in March. No, yeah, they're doing summer this year. I know, it's like really crazy. Um, by the way, I have a question. Um, are you guys, either of you guys watching Helix this year? Yeah, I'm a week or two behind, but it's been so good. You know what? I was I like, know. after the first couple of episodes, I was kind of like, 
You know what? Yeah, I'm not so much. It. I'm not so much into the sort of paranormally stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I am, but I'm not. I'm not. I, I liked. It. I liked it when it was sci-fi. And um, I'm not as crazy about it because the first couple of episodes suggested that it was kind of veering more into the paranormal than into than staying sci-fi. So. I so should I is it am I right about that, Jimmy and Chrissy? Um, I mean, there's there's a paranormal aspect, but what I'm fascinated is this big mythology they're building with a large backstory and all the stuff in the future that we've seen shows that it's really going somewhere. And I guess there's this larger plot of the immortals, and that's been a big focus this season. What okay. is the immortals? That. So I, that's what I'm into is that mythology. Okay. I'm confused by it. I mean, I I I watched the first three two episodes, three episodes. I can't remember where the guy was. I don't. This whole time jump thing is got me confused. I mean, thirty years, thirty years in the future, she gets captured, and they t- and the contacts come out, and they know who she is, and then thirty years behind, you know. Previously, they're breaking it. Like I'm, I, I was like, wait a minute, what is, what are they doing? So I'm a little, I don't know. Maybe I need to rewatch it because I, I, I was got, I got confused by it. Like so, it's, I, it's I still have it on. I, I still have it on my DVR, so maybe I'll give it a try. But there's so much other stuff on TV right now, I know. and there I'm really, um, I'm actually watching the last few episodes of Perception. I want to see where it's oh, going, where it's Gonna add, yeah. Is it, yeah. Is it any good? I mean, I saw yeah. watching like Yeah, I mean, it's it's good. I think that there's a better, like, you know, more serialized storyline this year. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure where it's late. going. They got canceled, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they got canceled. It's not coming back. So, um, I'm I'm curious as to where it's going. Um. So we'll we'll see where it's going. It's on TNT. It's it's you know it's almost over. So um, if y'all are watching it, uh, it's it's all right. It's all right. Um, Strong endorsement. <laughs> well, I want to see. I want to see where things go. Um, oh yeah, if you stuck with it this long, you might as well finish it out. Yeah, you know, and Kate's like getting married to the DA guy, and you know, it's like. He's not going to marry her, and she's going to get together with, you know, Daniel. yeah, with Daniel, <laughs> right, with Daniel. And I, I want to see I that happen. The Cormac's already got a new show coming. Does he really? I was really Yay. excited about. Yeah, I mean, he never stays off TV. He's so good. I like him. He's very good, and I'm, you know, and so I'm glad because. Um, do you know anything about the new project? I don't, and you never know. It may not get past pilot stage, but I would just thought yeah. he was cast, and I was like, good for him. Good, yeah, definitely, yes. I like him a lot, um, which is the main reason I've enjoyed watching Perception, because he's always interesting mm-hmm. to watch. Okay, so let's talk about Once Upon a Time, and we'll we'll end um, with Walking Dead. Um, this is uh, Let's Talk TV Live, and brought to you on the Blog Critic's Radio Network. Um, And so, Once Upon a Time. 
I haven't written a review of Once Upon a Time for many episodes. <laughs> and I did. I was compelled to write this time. Um, what do you all think of it? Well, we're going we're to talk plot holes. We'll talk about the plot holes. Okay. We'll talk about the we're character gonna... assassination. But we'll, but beyond that. <laughs> well, beyond that, I mean, okay, I'm just sort of going with the Once Upon a Time thing. Like, okay, this is the story they're going to tell. Yes, All right. exactly. That's okay, what I meant. whatever. I like that we have finally a freaking story for Snow and Charming. Mm-hmm. And I like, I'm kind of interested in this whole Emma turning evil aspect because, you know, she, she's she been the savior and all of this and supposedly, you know, they have this big secret that they, you know, went to great lengths to ensure that that she would be good versus evil. But I, I'm, a, I'm interested to see where this is going. I, I'm actually liking it. And it's going to be interesting to see how Hook responds and reacts to this and, and, and you know the fact that Snow and Char- they lied to Emma and she's so fragile as far as trusting people as it is that mm-hmm. that's gonna be very interesting. And um I I also I really miss our August. I mean grown up August. I this whole him being Pinocchio, the little kid, I don't know why they just couldn't leave him be. I I I you know, I was missing him a lot. Because well, he had to, because he had to do Ray Donovan. <laughs> I know, I know, but I mean, same. I like right. Oh, I, I mean, miss, seriously. I our, yeah, I know. But I miss and he was him. great. He, he was, was he was great in Ray Donovan. He was wonderful in Ray I kept Donovan. Thinking, I kept thinking this kid is not going to remember anything, and I but I love the fact that Regina. You know, her first instinct is to resort to, you know, being, you know, really mean. And, Violent. you know, I was like, oh, my God, she's going to threaten this kid, right? <laughs> like, oh, Lord. But um, but I love that she's going to go undercover. That was a very interesting thing. And I'm thinking she's going to be she's gonna be drawn to the dark side again. What do you guys think? So, well, all right, Jimmy, what did you say? Well, she's going to be thoroughly tested. Yeah, she's going to be yeah. tested. I really hope that she passes the test because I feel like she's come too far. And I, I like their promising signs when she went and apologized and everything. Um, yeah, I, I, I do. I agree with Chrissy that it's great to finally have an interesting Mary, Margaret, and David story for sure after many yeah. seasons of one. But, yeah, I, what I'm worried about is they just let us down so much in the past and so they set up some intriguing things, but there's enough plot holes and things that don't quite add up that I'm afraid right. they're going to drop the ball when it comes to putting it together. Right, and I think that's a problem. I mean, taking it on its face, saying, okay, fine, they're going to do what they want to do. They've revised the entire canon of the show, um, and this is what they want to do. And taking it as it is, I found it to be the most enjoyable episode of the season so far. Um I could do without Cruella because I don't think she fits, but be that as it may. Um, I like, um, I really love most of all that they finally have given Snow and Charming a little bit of an edge. Yeah, thank you. It's It's taken three and a half, almost four seasons. And they have finally figured out that they that that really really perfect goody, 
Ken doll and Barbie doll characters are really boring. Unless there's something underneath. And they haven't given them anything underneath. They've been made out of spun sugar. Exactly. Oh, I like that line. Because <laughs> there's nothing like, of substance. Candy, candy, what is it? Candy. Uh, yeah, sponge candy. sugar is like really fragile, and there's nothing inside. They're pr- it's pretty, but it, there's nothing inside. Um, and so I like that. I, I finally they have a little bit of an edge to them. And I think they keep talking about the heroes and the villains and the good guys and the bad guys. And I think ultimately, in the end, I think the point is, at least this is where I hope they're going is that no one is completely good and no one is completely bad. Everyone's got different textures and layers to them. Um, well, yeah, because they, they kind of took Maleficent this week to a point where you're like, oh, maybe she wasn't all bad. Maybe she could have gotten good if Snow and Charming had given her a chance. Right. And same thing with Regina. You know, Regina went bad. Why did she go bad? What was the but trigger? Look at how Snow and Charming... The reason Regina's getting a second chance because of Emma. If Emma wasn't around, Snow and Charming would not be giving her the second chance. No. No. And, yeah, and, I agree with you. You know, so I, I really like that they're getting a little depth. And I love what they've done with Regina. I think it's she's been, and Lana Perea has been fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. She's and the I really, they haven't screwed up. Even as that's bad right. As the show, they have not even screwed as, her up. Even the show's worst episodes, they've handled her well this year. Yes. Yes, um, that's the one thing they have done. Um, I still can't stand Hook. I cannot. <laughs> and I'm like, makes me. I candy. <laughs> they've turned. No, well, you know what? They've turned him into sponge sugar. And yeah, they have. You know, well, this is a guy I, who is a philandering. Uh, and 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 the fact that Emma is shocked and in horror that he and Ursula might have been together. Oh, my God. It's like, what? This is a guy like, who stole Rumpel's wife. Well, um, the thing. Like, I think that, that bringing Emma down the dark path will, in turn, you know, do that with Hook. Like, he's going to have to, he may change, you know, go back to his old ways or, um, you know. And the fact of the matter is, is like, wh- why she would even think a pirate, ex- Pirate, whatever you want to call him, wouldn't be, you know, philand- you know, wouldn't be screwing everything on the side. Right. <laughs> I don't know, you know. I mean, me the, 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 like, the problem, the problem with most of the characters on the show, and they didn't start out that way, is that they don't have a lot of depth. Yeah. And um, you know, Rumpel. One of the reasons I just fell in love with the character of Rumpel in season one is because he had. They wrote him. And Carlisle played him with such incredible depth. There are like so many different layers, and they've completely stripped that away. So there is well, no depth you... to the character anymore. And, um, you know, Emma has had flashes of where we've seen it, but so much of her is so black and white. And um, and all the characters, they've they've there's an up with Hook. There was an opportunity to give him a little depth, let him keep some of that edge, right? And right. you know, but they didn't do that. So, well, I, um, and I, I think it's because of the kitty audience, you know, which is unfortunate. Oh, yeah. But I liked the last 
scene, first of all, the song at the end was hilarious. Oh, was that? Oh, that was in Walking Dead. Never mind. I'm on the wrong show. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to I'm like, what is this song? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wrong song. Wrong show. Um, no, I was going to say, I like, though, that, what was the ending when, when Rumpel saw Belle kissing Oh, yeah. What's his I want to talk about I that. Like, I didn't like that because because I, I watched all of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland and the Dave got the Red Queen back and I want to know where the Red Queen is. Yeah. Wait a minute, what? I didn't see it. Well, wait, I don't understand why he's in town. I'm confused by that because we don't know yet. They haven't revealed it yet. And because of Robin Hood, who's not there anymore. But because well, of Robin right. Hood, they still haven't showed us how he ended up in Storybrook. Or what happened to his true love that he ended up with at the end of the other show. And so right. the Maeve's character is just, I don't know, right I'm really hoping they're going to be backstory to it, but it doesn't seem like they're in any area no. to tell us what happened. No. No, they'll probably do it maybe next next that, season. I don't know. But I, I was like, oh, God, this guy's going to end up dead. He's not, I mean, so, I mean, he was not happy looking at that. Um, well, but uh, okay, time that I we read. We actually saw him struggle. We actually saw yeah. his emotions, though. Right, and, like, and yes, you know. And so I was, I, I was like, oh, thank God, they actually, you know, they actually gave him like some kind of angsty thing because the way it looked. I mean, yeah, when Bell banished him, you know, from Storybrooke, it was just heartbreaking even though he deserves it, but it was heartbreaking mm-hmm. because of the way, you know, Robert Carlyle played it. But then I'm so happy to actually see him agonize over that. And, you know, I mean, ultimately, I. but what I don't get, explain to me this. Explain to me why is he after a happy ending when he already had it and lost it? Like, it makes no sense that he is charging. He's not after a happy ending, is he? I think that's your genius. Oh, yeah, his mission. I, I thought it was like, you know, we're going to get our happy endings, and he's going to help Melissa Finn Cruella and Ursula get their happy endings. Oh, I think endings. he was just telling them what they wanted to hear. I don't think that's his goal. Oh, okay. No, well, I, I right. Like, Wait a minute. How's he getting his happy ending? He already had it, and he lost it. He had it, and he lost yeah, it. No. Well, this is this is what I said, uh, and I just, by the way, I kind of zoned out for a minute. Um, I just got an email from CBS. So um, oh, okay. that they've passed my request on to David. Sure. Hey, David, if you're listening, which Yay. you're not, but if you're listening, <laughs> it would be very lovely if you uh, would sit for an interview. So, so um, what I said in my inter- in my interview in my review was, it's barely there. As I've said both in this space and on my radio show, I've really hated. And, sorry, it's barely there. And as I've said both in this space. And on my radio show, I really hated Rumpelstiltskin this season. I don't mind his going to the dark side or even abandoning his desire to be good. But this sudden turn from being a conflicted villain to pure evil has not set well with me. It's as if, for me, as a viewer and fan of the character, I've had to completely abandon any inkling of my understanding of him. And Captain mm-hmm. Hook, by the way. Any spark of humanity I'd perceived in him over the course of nearly four seasons has been a complete lie and a waste of time in trying to get him to understand the pain behind the action. He has embraced evil, power, and whatever else he may need to do what? To get his pappy ending? He had it and blew it to smithereens and of rant. But this week's episode, finally, 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 we see that he maybe hopefully begins to understand 
the true consequences of his actions as he watches Belle kiss the knave. For the first time in nearly a season, we see something from Rumpel's point of view. This doesn't make up for the narrative betrayal of the character, but it does suggest that perhaps not all is lost. We see, will we see Rumpel? Yeah. Will Rumpel see the kiss and begin to comprehend what he has done? Will it lead to the beginning, his beginning to crawl out of the hole in which he's found himself? I don't know, and part of me doubts it, but the kiss and Rumpel's reaction must mean something. And I hold out a glimmer of hope that it will lead him away from this path. So that was like one of the one of the things I said about um, why I like this week's show. Um, well, I mean, did they did they break him down in order to do a whole other redemption story? Nah. I mean, I'm just confused nah. as to why I think they, they basically I, they basically decided to use Rumple as a um as a, a character to trigger other people to do things, and not as a main character anymore. I think he's, yeah, I think he. He did so explain conflicted versus this, you know. He did. And and I don't know why they did it. I don't know why they did it. And it's not given Carlisle much to work with. And, um, but I really did like seeing that finally we saw something through his point of view for the first time all season. And it's brief and it's a glimmer and I don't know where that's going to go. But who knows? Anyway, so um, anything else about Once Upon a Time? I'm going to continue writing about it until I can figure out what's going on. So <laughs> I was like, okay, until I decide it's gone bad. But it's so far, I've got some hopes for it. So, um, you know, I'm seeing those little those little things that are saying to me, huh, you know. This isn't the best show on TV, however, um, it's uh, it's definitely got some possibilities again. So I'm happy about that. So let's go on to what is wonderful and what a little turn and interest, interesting episode was this week's Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, my God, you guys. When I saw Scarol come out, I was like, <gasps> what was up with that? I swear oh, she must have been channeling shocked. the evil queen. She was channeling yes. Regina. <laughs> I'm like, she is threatening this little kid to, like, leave him out, tied to a tree so the zombies get him. <laughs> there was a great, me? <laughs> a great sketch going around the Internet today. That was yep. Carol's daycare, and it had one boy. I have street. it. Oh, tweeted it. Yeah, that's where I saw it. <laughs> I tweeted it. Carol's daycare I, with a little I boy tied to the tree. Yeah. I love it. Oh, yep, I tweeted it. Yep. God, I cannot even believe it. I was like, and then Rick. Can I just say, I cannot stop looking at Andy, Andy Lincoln. Boy, I, I mean, you know, he, underneath all that beard, I forgot how gorgeous he is. I'm like, oh, my God, I just want to just look at him. Just do not grow that beard back, Andy. I'm like, oh. Anyway, but I, he wants that woman so bad. I was like, at the end, I oh, thought man. he was going to shoot that guy. I was like, holy crap. Is he just so no. Oh, my God, I feel like he did. I feel like um, uh, Rick and... Um, and uh, Sasha, Sasha and, and Carol, and Carol are all crazy. All three, well, 
Abraham has some alcohol problems, so there's another danger. Well, yeah, Abraham. I'm like, what is he, hitting on Michonne? What is this? I don't, I don't like, think he was hitting on her. I think he's just not know. handling his liquor very well. No. I was like, oh, my God. I was so happy that they gave Daryl a job because I yes. said, oh, my God, it's, I was worried he was going to, like, do something. Like, Daryl's like, yeah, what do you want? You know, like, I was I was as skeptical as Daryl was. Like, why do you want me to come in for dinner and stuff? Like, why are you talking to me? And then when he offered to, you know, have him be a recruiter, which makes total sense, and that mm-hmm. he understands Daryl and, and all that. And then Daryl, it was really interesting. He didn't want the gun that Carol right. got. So I thought that was really interesting. So I want you to know, talk a little bit. I want to talk a little bit more organizedly about the episode um, and just kind of take it apart a little bit. Um, I want to start with the title. The last week's episode was called Remember. And mm-hmm. I think that meant, you know, they were trying to remember how it was before because they need to get an anchor back into their new reality. So this week's episode is called Forget. And forget, to me, means um, they're trying to forget them who they were out in the wild, who they had turned into. That they Maybe not that they're trying to, but they need to. They need to forget what's happened in the last couple of years. Not forget all of it but forget who they've become. And that's the only way that they're going to come back. So I thought that was really interesting, a juxtaposition of two different um, episode titles. First you have to remember, and then you have to forget. Um, And so I thought that was really interesting. Um, I want to talk about each of the characters kind of in turn. Um, I want to start with Michonne. And on... I really love where her character is going. The fact that she finally feels that she can, I mean, she took her katana and she hung it on the wall. Yeah, that was interesting. But she didn't throw it away, which I think is telling. Well, she's hanging it up like two things. She's hanging it up sort of like a piece of art, but also, you know, a display piece. But also, interestingly enough, she's not displaying it in its scabbard. Yeah. It's a little tiny thing. It's displayed, but it's displayed um, not protected. So if she needs it in her house, she can grab it and doesn't have to unsheath it. Mm -hmm. So um, that was really interesting. But the fact that she's able to put that on the wall. I thought that was really interesting. And um, it, um, it, it I, I really want to see where her character is going. I really think she is becoming, you know, or she is one of the voices of real reason. And you saw inklings of it in the mid-season premiere, but I think now we've really got it. I think she's, she's, pretty stable and look at from where she's come and she's a perfect example to me of someone who was able to remember what things were like before because she had a we don't know a lot about her life but I think in the comics it's suggested or stated that she was an attorney is that right Jimmy she's a lawyer yeah she's an affluent 
you know, smart, able person. And she was able to remember what that was about. And she was also able to forget all the horror she's been through enough to put the katana down. And I think that's a really important thing. So then on the other side of that is Carol, the opposite side is Carol, who is pretending she's all Stepford wives, you know. She's all Stepford moms. And we know that's not her. I mean, she, gosh, I mean, oh, my goodness, that scene with the little boy. I mean, talk about wild-eyed, insane. Um, And we talked about that scene a little bit already, but well, to, to call it insane is, and this is what's interesting about the show is it's all about frame of reference. From where she's mm-hmm. been and what she's had to do to survive, she's not insane. That's what she had right. to be. She's protecting herself, and for her, okay, I'm going to go with the remember, forget thing. Remembering what things were like before is pretty horrible. She did not have mm-hmm. a good life. She had a horrible, and she was much better off in a way in the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Um, she grew. She became strong. She became the person who um, she always had wanted to be. So for her, forgetting is a bad thing. You know, you don't want to forget who you'd become. You want to hold on. She wants to hold on to that. Mm-hmm. And. Her, but I think she's sort of given the frame of reference of where they are now. It's a slightly warped frame of reference because she can't put down what she'd become because what she'd become was good. So that's kind of the opposite. And she is a little bit, you know, whacked out. And then you have Rick, who is who had really fallen so far really fallen so far. And to remember things in the before, I mean, the people that he cared most about beside Carl in the before, Lori and Shane are both gone. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and, and he knows what he's been through and he knows he's been there to protect people and he knows what he's been through and he doesn't want to negate any of that. And he's gone down some pretty dark paths. And I think that he might really be trying to hold on to who he was as well. And I don't think it's all so that he can protect everyone if they need protecting. I, I think don't think that that's the case with Rick. I think no, Rick I don't think that at all. I think he is, he's like yeah. on a completely different plane. Than he used to be. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's so crazy. It was crazy to see them. To see these other people oblivious to the real world. I mean, like, I have to say, I was I, I was with Sasha when she was screaming at that lady. She's like, uh, that's what you're worried about? Like, right. worried about making me something food? I mean, well, you know, she gets so... some PTSD there. Yeah, yeah I mean, she does. And, and this yeah, is the thing, totally. is they all have PTSD in varying degrees. Yeah. All of them do. And how they're dealing with it is really interesting. And I think from Sasha's perspective, I mean, Sasha thinks this is what I've just gone through. How can you be thinking of 
food and cookies and, you know, and, and wine, yeah. all this stuff, it just doesn't register. It's surreal. It's like, what? This is like, right. doesn't doesn't compute. It doesn't make any sense to her. Um, from right. Where she, and so, and she's she's not able to forget. Right. Right, because well, of what, and, what she's gone through. Right, and I mean, she's never, and the thing is, is I don't like this congresswoman. I don't understand what her deal is. She's, she's oblivious to the real world, too, it seems. I oh, mean, I don't think I mean, so. I think I, no, I, I don't think, think so. I don't think she's oblivious, or she wouldn't have brought Rick and them in. Right. Well, she's, she's hyper aware of the reality, and she knows her people aren't prepared for it. Right. right, and I get that, but like the fact that she wouldn't take Rick's recommendation as far as you know having the having the uh, the somebody on the fence and and she was well, arguing with him about the lookout. No, she no, took the recommendation. She didn't want anybody to have a gun visible. Right, but she said right. she she put somebody on the lookout and she let them run things the way they want to run it. Yeah, she took his I guess. Advice. I, I, I think she's a she's a pragmatist. I think she's a pragmatist and a politician, and yeah. I think she does have the interests of that community at heart. Oh yeah, and I think she is aware. She, I think she is, and I think part of what she thinks her job is is to protect the people who are living in there from the outside, so that they don't have to worry. But the question is, is it is is that the best? I mean, in, in the world that they're living in, is that the best? way for her to sort of she's sort of sheltering them from everything and I think that she should I don't know I feel like she should be much more aggressive in really explaining what what it is outside because they don't have a clue I mean the you know Carol making all these cookies and these ladies are talking about you know baking and having parties, and, I mean, it's just... Yeah, I mean, she may not be doing it right, but she, I don't think she's, she's... I don't think there's anything malicious about her. No, I don't no. think she's malicious. I just, I just don't think... I don't know. I just, there's something but she's a politician. Off. She's yeah, a politician, she's and she knows how to make things work. And, I mean, she's yeah. not the governor. No, 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 no. But I'm worried Rick is going to become the governor. I mean, I'm <laughs> worried about that because, boy. Well, they have a, he was always two sides, him and the governor, two sides of the same coin, you know. Yeah. A few different yeah. choices, they would have been the same. Yeah. Right. So let's go it, on to, I mean, Glenn and Maggie have sort of been in the background, but they're really, I think they're sort of like, you know, they're 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 going to be on the council, you know, whatever council there is that runs the place. Um, and I think like that Maggie finally getting something to do with yeah. the politics. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So you know, I think I see them both in the leadership. They they really kind of they were ready for this. They are just so done with the outside, and I can relate right. to them coming into this life and saying, you know, fuck whatever's excuse me, whatever's outside. Um, you know. I'm here. This is good. This is safe. Let's just go with it, and let's have babies. And yeah. so, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And now I want to talk about Daryl. And and I just oh. what an interesting, interesting. That's why I stopped you before Chrissy because I want to 
I want to spend time kind of putting this together yeah. and where he's going. Um, from a purely pragmatic view, cynical, you know, from the real world, I think what happened was Daryl's the character that most logically doesn't fit in, but he's mm-hmm. way too valuable a character to lose in a plot like this. So they make Sasha have these issues so they can explore that not fitting in but not lose one of their most valuable players. Because I think Sasha ain't going to make it. Her days it. are numbered. Her days are numbered. Her days are numbered. Um, yeah, I but, think so, too. But with, but with Daryl... I, I don't know. So, I'm wondering if Glenn is going to be gone soon. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know. But I think with okay. So so with Daryl, he he actually you know he's making these little baby steps. You all know. Do you all notice he was cleaned up? Mm-hmm. Yes, which is nice. He got cleaned up. He was thinking about going to uh, the party. Mm-hmm. And and sort of backed away. Um, he doesn't fit. He he doesn't fit in that. So the whole thing was he was the horse. the horse running away from. He was the know. horse shying away from yep. people, even though it might be the best thing for him. Mm-hmm. He's shy for it. You know, he doesn't. It's it's he's yeah. So, but that whole thing with the horse, to me, was just such a great metaphor. What a great metaphor. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. Oh my God, I was so sad that I. That, no, you're right. But, I mean, you knew it had to happen, but I just love that Walking Dead thinks about things like that and builds that story around that. Right, and I love the interaction between Daryl and the horse, and mm-hmm. that showed Aaron the genuine sort of genuine kindness that Daryl has beneath who he is, who he wants people to think he is. That there's like a genuineness and a kindness, and um, I think they were both really um, affected by that horse getting eaten. Oh, absolutely! And I think that yeah. that that what what that did for Daryl was like, you know what? I'm I can't do this alone. I can't be alone. And and he has said that in the past. You can't do this alone. And now he's tried, right, in the, you know, in the aftermath of the prison. He he doesn't need anybody. He doesn't want anybody. Leave me alone. Or in the aftermath, sorry, in the aftermath of, you know, of, of Beth's death. And he realizes, if I do this alone, I'm dead. Well, I think the horse actually meant something else, too, because if you remember, we there was a horse eaten in the very first episode of the show, and we mm-hmm. haven't seen a horse since. And this was a new beginning in a lot of ways for Daryl and for some of the other characters. And so bringing that horse back kind of resets you back to the beginning in a way because it reminds you of where they came from. So a little the fact that the horse versus a different animal, I think, was intentional. Yeah, a little Easter egg to the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and I really like that. Uh, and, and at first I thought, okay, so Aaron's kind of into Daryl. <laughs> no, no, like, no. Oh, that would be interesting. But no, 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 it's not. And I, and I think what Aaron sees is someone who's an outsider who doesn't fit, but really does belong inside. You know, it's like that mm-hmm. whole, you know, there are outside cats and there are indoor cats. Right, yep. and Aaron sees him as really 
someone who thinks they're an outdoor cat but really belongs inside. And I do think Aaron's want to help is genuine, but I was a little suspicious when he said, I asked Deanna for you, because I feel like maybe Deanna asked him for Daryl. You know what I mean? I kind of feel like she's manipulating the scenes more than we're seeing. It could be that they want him to fit in. They want him to find a place. And well, because, because they, as, as kind as kind as Deanna is, Sasha doesn't die or something. She's not going to let Sasha stay. She's giving them an adjustment period, but there is no way that woman's going to let somebody stay in her community that's going to disrupt things for everybody else. Right, and make everyone upset. Right. Um, and and it can't be Daryl. So you know right. he he yeah. So it was really I thought that was great, and I thought that when they showed him the garage with the motorbike was really a, a, a great moment. But I think the moment, and I thought Norman Reedus played this, like, so perfectly, was when Aaron said to him, I think you need, I think you should be a recruiter because you know yeah. people. And you could just see it on Daryl's face. He just, like, everything just melted. Well, he never wanted is that acceptance. And yeah. he's found it in the group, and then now he's found it again in Alexandria. Exactly. When he thought it was gone, when he thought he'd lost it, he found it. Yeah, and now he has acceptance again. And that's, I right. think, the thing that he had in the prison that he's he's been, he's sought. You know, it, it was really what he lost the most that's driving, in that prison. That's been his driving motivation the entire series. Right, right, is to be accepted for who he is. And he lost that after the prison, and now he has yep. it again. And he doesn't have to change, and he can be who he is and still be accepted for who he is. And I think that was just such an incredible – and that's what drove the moment where Carol offered him a weapon, and he says, you know what, I think I'm okay. Yep. We know where they are, and if we need them, we'll, we'll get them. But I, you know what, I want to trust this. I, I, I want to I trust. And I think that that's a really cool thing. Well, I just think, I mean, it was just unexpected. Because going into this episode, I really thought Daryl was somebody we had to be worried about. And taking a character like that and twisting your expectations, as well as telling a beautiful story. I mean, I was like, so glad you joined us on this show, Barbara. I'm walking back. (laughs) So... Um, anyway, uh, thank you. I've really enjoyed the show. Well, we knew we, we knew you'd like it. I mean, it's thought, you know, it's the character development. It's so funny. I was just talking to my friend, Michael Caruso. He's got it. He's actually got a new, um, uh, uh, online soap that he's getting, uh, oh my God, he got Linda Gray and, uh, Martha Madsen and people from General Hospital. So I was happy. But anyway, but I was talking to him about it, about just soaps in general, crime time and this and that. And I said to him, you know, I said, I, I kind of consider The Walking Dead a little bit of a soap in the sense of it's an ongoing series, but 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 the characters are so layered. And that's what I fell in love with. It wasn't, because I, you know, it wasn't the zombie thing. And when, when people oh, ask me about The Walking Dead, I'm like, right. you know, it's not, they'll like, they'll always immediately go down it, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, it's not about zombies. Right. That's not what it, I mean, it is, but it isn't. 
I said it's about the characters and the different layers that they, the things that they have to go through to survive, and then how do they deal with it on an emotional and mental and physical level? And I and that's really what I think the essence of a soap opera is. It's it's, right. it's the characters and the well, layers. Well, the they're serialized. The you know, there's so there's there's a there is um, there are serialized elements. It's not a soap yeah. opera. Because a no, soap opera a soap is a very opera, is something very is something very specific. Um, I don't there's like the word soap opera though, because I don't feel that I don't feel like even these quote soap operas. It's their dramas. That's what they are. They're dramas. I don't even think a soap a soap. I don't know. I I, I don't look at a soap as a um, as a. I don't know how to explain it, but. You know, I I I feel like I feel like they are dramas because it's it's dramatic. It's about character, and yeah, I mean, any show that has an ongoing theme, mythology it, that's serialized in any way, shape, or form, I think is a is a drama. It's I don't I right. don't, know. I don't think right. It's I so mean, there are procedurals. There are procedurals, and there are serialized dramas. Right. I mean. Right. You and know, one is so, much inherently better than Yes. Right, because you can plug in anything into a procedural and it's like right you know, it's like reading mystery stories. There are some mystery series, like some like and I'm talking about books. There are some um mystery um series, novel series that are just about the procedural and then there are others um, that are about the characters, and you know you can read for either. They're all both legitimate. But um, anyway, oh, I wanted to. There's a comment that's on my ooh, a long comment that's on my Walking Dead um, uh, review. That's from another one of our writers and editor on Blog Critics, Vic Lana, who I'm going to actually uh, hope he kind of joins our panel, um, which will be kind of fun. But um, this is what he writes. I'm going to read that, and then I think we'll end the show for tonight, huh? Yeah, sounds good. Um, So what he says is, nice recap, Barbara. I think there are multiple things going on, and subtext is equally important. Sasha doesn't destroy any targets. They're the ones with happy families. She feels that she is proof that this is a myth. Uh, Yes, definitely. Carol is operating on a Dr. Jekyll Mrs. Hyde mode. Mrs. Hyde tells children to look at the flowers or threatens to let bad people eat them up. Carol is all calculation and Sasha is all emotion. Both may end up in memoriam at this rate. This is true. Oh, oh, but they can't do that to Daryl. He can't lose somebody else. Um, Rick wants to believe, but he's had too many hard knocks. He lost his best friend, his wife, and other friends. He has to protect his children. He knows that it's normal, as Alexandria seems. Nothing is normal anymore. So that's kind of what we were saying. Um, we had initials in this story. Rick even gets his own Scarlet A. And the W on the dead walker's head is another signal about the wolves. The wolves are coming. Um, the threat is going to make Terminus and the governor seem benign. Uh-oh. Spoiler alert. Sure. Uh, finally, I like Daryl coming around after all his suffering and the loss of his brother Daryl wants family as much as Sasha or maybe even more. The difference is that Daryl has found Aaron and Eric, perhaps his brothers, to replace Merle. That's an interesting perspective. 
I don't see Sasha finding anyone to take Tyrese's place or Bob's. The three episodes, three episodes are left, and I think that image of Rick touching the wall and the walker on the other side is foreshadowing a calm before the storm. I agree. Boy, I definitely agree with that. Calm before the storm. I think the last three yeah. episodes. Whoa. What do you think is going to come up? What are we going to have in the last three apps? I'm worried. I know we're gonna we're gonna lose at least one, if not two people. And I'm Ooh. I'm thinking I don't know. I'm wondering if Carl's gonna get killed this time around. Oh. I don't know. I think Carl's safe. I think Carl's definitely safe. You think um, Carl's safe? I don't know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think Carl and Rick are the two characters more than anybody else. And close close behind them are Michonne and Daryl that you just can't touch. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. They might touch him. I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried about my uh, barrel. You might like, touch him, but you're not going to kill him. Things, bad things happen to them in the comics, but that doesn't mean they die. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Oh, slight spoiler. They cut off Rick's hand during the governor arc in the comics, and Robert Kirkman's right. always regretted that because he's like, how can you have a hero with no hand? But right. you're not going to kill off that character. Right. Right. Yeah, no, but I think we may or may not lose a main character. We'll definitely lose the residents of Alexandria. And personally, I'm kind of rooting for the the zombie horde as the season finale, hopefully the last two hours, because I feel like (laughs) that kind of helps drive in this whole point of, you know, Alexandria being unprepared for the world, and it brings that reality of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a little bit... I mean, yeah, I mean, the board, I mean, that was a really, really cool story in the comics. Yeah. Well, I, I've not read the comics, but mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, Oz, which is what sort of Alexandria seems to be, um, yeah. Oz is about ready to meet the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, yeah. And her minions and flying monkeys and in much more profound and real sense than happened on Once Upon a Time. How's that for tying the two shows together? (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So this has been fun, almost hour and a half. Um, Yes. An hour and 15 minutes. Um, But anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap up? Trying to to think if there's anything else. I mean, really there's uh, there's nothing else too exciting happening. I'm trying to think of what else is. Well, Revenge came back. You don't watch that, but I'm bummed they're not putting God, Jack and Amanda together. Finally, I thought they're not, of course. And what else? Um, oh, have you guys been watching American Crime? OMG. Yeah, I I've, I've heard it's that really, show. really good. Um, it I have not so watched it yet. Good. I've, I've heard it really, 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 really good. It's good for broadcast television. It's not good if you oh. compare it to you know, some of the cable like, versions of it that have been done. Right, right, I like right, the, exactly. I like the concept that they have, you know, one crime and then all these people no, are... I, I like it, but we've seen it done better on cable. Yeah, well, yeah. And that's, yeah. The, that's the thing is that network... TV cannot compete with cable on a on a no. quality level. Unless they it's just like can't. The Good Life. <laughs> Unless it's The Good Life. The Good yeah, Life well, is okay. the best thing on broadcast television. Um, oh, just one other show. Um, it's not a genre show, but 
you all should be watching if you're not, especially with Stephen Colbert gone and The Daily Show going. Um, Everybody uh, jumping ship. I know. Uh, I'm not jumping ship. I still watch The Daily Show. No, no, no. Uh, viewers, uh, Daily Show staff, all the correspondents are leaving. And they're I I know. Well, speaking of one of them that jumped ship a while ago, John Oliver's show um, is is amazing. It's so good. And what he does in a half an hour, he he blows through the funny news and the strange stuff and the humor um, in the first 10 minutes. And he uses the last 20 minutes to be sardonic and sarcastic, but actually talk about something really important. And what he gets to do is take the best stuff John Stewart did, and because he has the whole week to do one episode instead of trying to put out four episodes, he Mm -hmm. gets to really crystallize that perfect message. Right, and he does an exceptional job and well researched, really well researched. It definitely takes away this thing of losing John Stewart to know if John Oliver wasn't on the air, I would be so much more upset that we're losing John Stewart. Well, the only thing that I'm really upset about is that because John Oliver is on HBO and he's just gotten another season, if not two, one, I can't remember. Oh, HBO's got one. Not, yeah, HBO's not letting him go. He nope. has got a huge rating exclusive nope. to them. And uh, unfortunately, if he wasn't on that, I would love to see him as the host of Daily Show. He's not going to do both. So I'm really excited I, with my weekends on HBO, starting with Bill Maher and ending with John Oliver. And uh, I've got my political comedy wrapped up in a weekend. But um, sad people, somebody would somebody said today, wouldn't it be cool if Tina Fey took John Stewart's place? On uh, the Daily Show? That would be interesting. Will McAvoy. Will McAvoy. <laughs> yeah, so we we tried to do this Will McAvoy thing. <laughs> And I think that would be so cool. I don't I know that Jeff Daniels. One half hour. I know they'll never do it for the series, but if they would give us one half hour of it, I would oh. be happy. I know, and I don't think Jeff Daniels in a million years would do it, even if they. Well, they'd have to get the rights with the HBO character. There's so much that would go into it, but you know, right? And, I, and honestly, got, I think uh, Jessica Jones should do it, but she's already said she doesn't think she's experienced enough for the right person for the job. You I mean, have she to is be, going to be like the most senior Daily Show correspondent now. Yeah, but you have to not only have you, – you not only have to be funny and mm-hmm. smart, but you have to have a depth of knowledge and context that right. like John She's, Stewart and Stephen yeah. Colbert brought to the fore, yeah. that most comics have their own little worldview and don't get the context. And, and none of this works without context. Well, and and, I feel like they need to go outside the circle. They're going to yeah. have to think of somebody really out of the box that you're not thinking of. Right. And then when we hear it, we're going to go, oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I hope oh, so. Oh, yeah. That makes Larry sense. Larry Wilmore has been improving recently. I so really I, I don't like him. We're losing John. Huh? I really don't, don't like, like his show. I like, I, oh, I like I, Larry Wilmore. Oh. I really don't like his show. I find it well, to be... Well, his show that the panel the whole time was dragging it down, and this week they didn't do the panel every episode, which was nice. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind... Like, I like Bill Maher when he does the panel, but I, I just... Well, Bill Maher uses his panel differently than Larry yeah. Wilmore was using his. Yeah. yeah. 
I just, I just don't, I'm, I'm just not feeling it. <laughs> I just, I wish I was, but I'm just not well, feeling I, it. Yeah, but I mean, a couple people pointed out, and I agree that we got spoiled with John Oliver because he hit the ground and found it immediately. And yeah. that's not how these shows normally go. If you look back at Stephen Colbert's early days, it took him a little bit of time to really find his footing. And so I'm willing to let stick it out with Larry Wilmore for a while and give him a shot to see what he can do. How about Steve Carell? See, I thought about that, but I don't think he would. He's got other things Too much going awesome. on. He'd be I great. mean, if you He's want to bring got... back a classic, I think Ed Helms might be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Or just somebody completely out of that world. See, now... Now, if she was, and I'm looking at her right now on TV, but if Rachel Maddow didn't have her MSNBC show, I mean, because Rachel Maddow started out as a comic. Yeah. I mean, Brian Williams. Brian Williams Mm -hmm. would be wonderful. Who? Brian Williams. Brian Williams. (laughs) I'm not kidding. There was a little uh, joke circulating the Internet for a while that John Williams and Brian Williams John Stewart and Brian Williams should just switch jobs before John Stewart publicly yeah. came out and said there's no way he's doing serious That would be good. But that I think no, Brian Williams is funny, and if he's losing his credibility on the real media, why not? Or Keith Olbermann. <laughs> oh, Olbermann would be great. That would be an interesting, you know, he's sort of Will McAvoy-ish hmm. a little bit. Know. We'll see. So there's there are some possibilities out there. Yeah. Uh definitely. But yeah, I mean, uh yeah. Well it uh, sounds like John Stewart may go the way of John Oliver. Get uh, some premium channel or Netflix or something to let him do a weekly show after he takes a little break. And I or would he'll be do some writing. with that. I'd be or he'll do some he could do some writing. I mean he, his books are yeah. hysterical. That's the thing with the weekly option is it gives him time to do other things because I think right. he was just getting frustrated with how yeah. much he was putting in his daily show. But if right. he'll do like a weekly show 20 weeks a year on a Netflix or an HBO, he'd still have time to do writing or directing or whatever else he wanted to pursue. Right. He could do the, the, the weeks that uh, John Oliver's not on on Sunday nights. They could sort of there split you go, the year. On HBO. Ooh, yeah. that would be cool. Because John be Oliver, cool. would, like, I, probably be like Netflix or somebody will pick him up. That could be. That could be. Anyway, it's fun to speculate. Yep. Um, oh, the other so, show you should be watching is Last Man on Earth on Fox. Last Man. You keep telling me that. Okay, we just watched the third episode earlier this evening, and I very much enjoyed it. Okay, I'm gonna. Someone, I'm gonna... someone just posted this. A uh, picture of Daryl on my Facebook page says, "The longer they're out there, the more they become what they really are." Interesting. <laughs> That's true. Mm. I know. I agree. That's a really great uh, quote. Uh, I like that. Oh, somebody else uh, put that there earlier. This. Uh, I'm this finally week. just now going to Facebook. Oh. I'm so bad about Facebook. I, I honestly, oh. the only reason I come over here is because people leave me messages. <laughs> yeah, was it, yeah. Carol threat terrifying. Yes, it, he, she was. Anyway, oh, I still can't get over that. That that will that be was down to the craziest moments in Walking Dead history. I just wanted them to zoom out from the kid and to see like urine running down his leg. I know. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> like I'm sure it was right. 
Yeah, he, there's no way he's keeping that secret, right? Am I right? He's going to tell his mom. He's going to tell his mom. He's not oh, yeah. keeping that secret. It'll come no. out. It'll come out, and Carol's going to realize, oh, it's not the same as it used to be. You know, right. I can't I can't bludgeon kids. As long as I give her a second chance. I mean, she didn't actually touch him, so hopefully they'll get... You know, maybe she'll have to spend 30 days in behind bars, but as long as they give her a second chance. Right, right. Hopefully they do. Maybe maybe Daryl's going to have to pull her back from the edge. Yeah, that's what I, I was thinking. trying to remember in the comics. I feel like one of our main characters ended up getting locked up when they got to Alexandria because they couldn't adjust. And I'm trying to remember who it was or what the circumstances were, but when I saw Carol do that, I'm like, yep, that's, that's where they should go with her. Totally. Well, we will find out. We will find out. All right, guys. Well, I think it's about time to wrap it up for tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am hopefully, I will keep you guys posted on uh, if David Shore will sit down for an interview with me. He never did. Right. But you never know. Mm-hmm. You never know. Well, we're down to see. We we went almost the full ninety minutes anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Any last words? You will find uh, James Daly, Jerome Wetzel TV at Jerome Wetzel TV or at JeromeWetzelTV dot com. And Chrissy, <laughs> you will find and both and you will also find Jimmy at Blog Critics. And you will find mm-hmm. Chrissy at Sleepy at sign sleepy addicts on twitter and on blog critics well it's been fun as usual and uh, looking forward to next week in the world of we'll see what happens between now and then okay there will be something on the walking dead to talk about (laughs) i'm sure there will all right guys have a great week and hopefully it'll stay nice and warm Ish. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no snow. Okay. Yeah, really. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Hi.